good being alive and being in the house of God. Come on, shout amen. It's good. First, let me say thank you so very much, uh, Pastor John, for this privilege and opportunity. And Claudia, for meeting you, his wife. And I want to say thank you to my wife. Amen. We've been now married. Well, this November, we'll be married 47 years. And that's how <clears throat> I like to say that, and I, it's true in my heart, that uh, when I first met my wife, that uh, heaven must have, must have been on vacation because God sent angels. Come on, shout amen. Down to be with me. Come on. Thank God for her. Thank you, Sam. Uh, uh, sorry. Pastor, Pastor Clorfenstein. Wow. For the many years that you allowed me to speak into your life. Many, many years. Come on, shout. And, and uh, for the breakfasts we had. Uh, I'm up on you on chess, though. I think I'm, I'm one up. One up. Yeah, one up on chess. We play chess also a lot. And we had some, a lot of time my wife and I would go over to their home and, and eat some chicken. Come on, shout. Oh, man, you haven't had good fellowship until you had a, a leg of chicken. Come on, shout. <laughs> so th God bless you. Appreciate it. Taylor, good meeting you again. Amen. Uh, we passed her parents for many years as well, uh, the Madarises. And now you're all the way to the altar. Come on, shout amen. God bless them. God bless them. God bless them. Good to see Terry and Robin Irvin, good friends of ours. We had lunch with them on yesterday. Thank you for being here this morning. And we... Look forward to having lunch with you again after service. It's going to be good. If you have your Bibles with you or your devices, would you turn to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, and a couple other verses afterwards, please. Isaiah 61, verse 1, and a few more. It's a verse that if you go to the book of Luke 14, not now, but if you went there, you'll find uh, where Jesus Christ also is uh, dealing with this particular passage of scriptures. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil, uh, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Verse 7, for your shame, ye shall have double. Say double. Mm -hmm. That means two. Okay. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Say double. Mm -hmm. Oh, that reminds me of Melba's ice cream. When I went to get some ice cream, Pastor, and she got this cup out, and man, when she put one scoop in it, Thank you, Jesus. But then when she put another scoop, oh, oh, you know what really got me going? When that lady pressed it down. I said, we're rolling now. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. The word everlasting, that's a long time, isn't it? Everlasting joy. 
Verse 9, and their seed, talking of the children, shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that seed them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Comforter, we ask you to guide us, lead us, instruct us, teach us, cause us to remember the things you've said unto us. Help us to be the kind of people that the Father can look from heaven and say, that's my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased, in Jesus' name. This morning, I'm going to share a message with you entitled, The Garment of Praise. You have people in our world who, for some reason, they, they're miserable. They're not in here, though. <laughs> we, we, we know that. <laughs> miserable. And, and, and I heard someone say some time ago that misery <laughs> loves company. And I agree. Let's, let's, let's comfort those who are mourning. Let's do that. That's biblical. Let's, let's weep with those who are weeping. But man, somewhere down the line, you ought to put a smile on your face sometimes. The garment of praise is a figure of speech for the gladness and thanksgiving God's people feel when they're filled with the joy of the Lord. The garment of praise. You know what a swaddling cloth is. Swaddling by nephritian is a long-standing practice of securely wrapping a baby to provide comfort and security. And thank God for the garment of praise because when you have your garment of praise on, you feel a sense of comfort and you feel that sense of security. Ephesians 5, 19. It says, speaking to yourselves, when Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus, <clears throat> speaking to yourselves or speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to who? The Lord. God wants us to have an inner joy that radiates to our face. You have some people, if you meet them, my God, look like they've been sucking on a sour pickle or a lemon. Come on, shout amen. Amen. One person told me, he said, well, I am happy. I said, well, you ought to notify your face. Come on, shout amen. amen. We need the garment of praise. Now, every now and then, every now and then, I do something that's a little, I use the word radical, and nothing wrong with that. It was raining one day, and of course, there was no lightning. I didn't see it anyway, but it's raining. And I went outside that rain, I held my hands and I began to praise and magnify and glorify God. My neighbors wondered about me. But I was making melody in my heart, come on shout. I was coming from Texas on, on, on I-20, I-20, yes. And I, I felt the praise coming on. So I stopped on I-20, pulled off the highway safely, got on the passenger side of my car on the, on the, side, on the side of the road and I just began to shout. Now, 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 truckers came by and they blew their horn. I said, glory! Yeah. Because I had on and I have on the garment of praise. It's nothing wrong with praising God. 
You in our society with this freedom of speech concept that's, that's biblical, I understand it's constitutional, but my point is that a lot of people can say a lot of things about a lot of stuff. But when we start praising God, they want to tell us, you ought to shut up, be quiet, and be done with it. But family, I want to tell you something. If homosexuals and gays can come out of the closet, why can't the people of God come out of the closet and praise God? I don't need permission from somebody on earth. God gave me permission from glory to praise his name. You'd be surprised if you look around a restaurant and you see people, when they sit down to bless their food, some people, <laughs> kind of get out the way so nobody won't notice them. Sometimes I wonder how many people stick their head under the table and bless their food. I love it when we go to eat and, and before we sit down, I just start praying, Lord, bless this food, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's just do it. You can do your thing. Why can't I do mine for him? The government of praise, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And a friend of mine, God loved his heart. He said, Pastor T, I know we hold our hands up in church to praise God at times. He said, but see, I, I'm not there yet. I said, well, where are you? He said, right here. <laughs> He's halfway, come on, Sheldon. I said, well, go, amen, that's good, come on. You, you, at least you, you're halfway there. Come on, Sheldon, amen. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, amen. You can praise God. You can get a little loud. Oh, by the way, you may not know it, but I get loud. Some of you don't know where I came from. Mm-hmm. And what God has done for me, I can't be quiet. Come on, shout man. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says, Therefore, you and I, Christ's legacy church. Therefore, by him, let us continually, look at that word, offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks in his name. It's not a one-time deal. It's, a, it's ongoing. We have to praise God. I, I know times are tough. I, I know we have hard time, but may I tell you something? God still deserves my praise. The word taunt, it means to challenge someone in, in a mocking or insulting manner. Taunt. The devil will always challenge us, especially when we are facing tough moments. Will those tough moments be real or imagined? He's going to come on the scene and try to mess with us. But church, you and I don't have to fall prey to what he's trying to do. He's trying to stifle. He's trying to stop your praise. In Jeremiah 25, 11, it says, In this whole land shall be in desolation and in astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon because of Israel's rebellion against God. They're going to be in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. While they were there in Psalms 137, Verse 3 and 4 says, For there 
They're the that carried us away, required us a song. And they that wasted us, required us mirror, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they said, sad, this is sad. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? When I don't see him, he's working. When I don't feel it, he's working. He just keeps on working. It doesn't matter where you are and what you're going through, you deserve to give him praise. I'm not telling you something theoretically. 2013, the doctors diagnosed me with terminal cancer called Burkitt's lymphoma. I had a huge knot on the side of my face, a tumor. Started off like a pecan, a pecan, a pecan, but then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and looked like a grapefruit on the side of my face. We prayed, we prayed, we believed. And then the doctor said, you might as well begin to prepare for the worst. So my wife and I, we drove around Oklahoma City trying to find a graveyard to be buried in. You know, some graveyards need to be mowed. Come on, shout amen. <laughs> I said, huh? don't bury me there. Come on. You got weeds growing up everywhere. <laughs> so we got straight with Fort Seal. Come on, shout. We'll be going out there. But we, we, we finally had to settle a lot of that stuff. And while I was in the hospital, the doctor had done what's called a needle biopsy. And after he done the, completed the needle biopsy, he said, it is malignant. Name the kind of cancer. And did various times. I had a couple of surgeries where they took swatches of the cancer and tried to determine it, and it finally came up with Burkitt's lymphoma. My point is that every time I got that news about how bad it was going to get, I shouted even greater. I shouted so hard that the doctor asked two guys, Larry, it was uh, uh, Rick Newby and Brian Showery, went to them and said these words, some of you guys need to go and talk to Mr. Hughes. We're telling him he's got terminal cancer and he's in a room shouting. I said, doctor, what you want me to do, fall on the floor and cry? I said, I've been telling people all of my life about Jesus Christ. And now I have the opportunity to go look in face in the face. I have the opportunity to go to heaven to be where my God is. I said, man, I'm going to glory and I'm going to shout and praise God. I don't lose in this situation. Oh, no, sir. Oh, I don't lose. And then all of a sudden, here I am in the hospital, lying flat on my back. Told my wife when I got home, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it at night, but 105 in the morning, 105 in the morning. The nurse came in, she was crying. I said, well, what's wrong? She said, I, I want to apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I said, sorry about what? She said, we have overdosed you. I was getting 24-hour chemo, one bag off, one bag on for several weeks. She said, instead of it going in your system in 24 hours, we miscalculated, and now it went in your system in 12 hours. The doctors have concluded 
Your liver's going to fail. Your bladder's going to bleed. You're going to have heart trouble. And you're going to have kidney trouble. I said, let me have your hand. She said, what you need? And she called me Brother T because they got to know me a little bit. What you need, Brother T? I said, nothing. Let me just pray for you. And I pray for her that God will give her grace and strength to continue her service to mankind, humanity. Doctors came in the next day. Hey! Doctor came in. They don't come in with one person. They come in with what they call a team. Got a whole crew coming in. You know? <laughs> they walked in there and they uh, want to give me the bad news. And I just lied there and looked at him. Say, how you feel? I said, I feel fine. Here's what's going to happen to you. I say, it didn't happen. Here's what, that ain't going to happen either. What, what, that is not, no, that's not going to happen either. I said, doctor, let me tell you something. First off, I'm telling you right now, I'm trusting God because he told me that the only hope I had was chemo. I said, you're lying there, buddy. My only hope is God Almighty. That's what I told him. Then I said, I'm trusting God. You know what you're doing. <laughs> See, wacko. Well, I'm standing here right now healed in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. And when you begin to praise God for what God has done, the enemy will taunt you. He will challenge you. Someone came to me at church and said, now, Pastor T., now, now, we prayed for you, okay, but, but really we, we thought you were going to die. You know, you don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. Man. Then someone came to me and said, now, Pastor T, you shouted and talked about what God did. Now, you know this stuff comes back, you know. I said, God, have mercy. You're going to get challenged. But you have to make your mind up. I'm going to praise God in spite of it all. Oh, amen. The Bible says in Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that had breath praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what, what you're going through. Praise God. It, does it hurt? Yes. Praise God. Does it feel bad? Yes. Praise God. Is it not working the way you want to work out? Yes. Praise God. You can begin to praise God. He can turn things around. Come on, shout amen. John chapter 10, verse 10. You know the scripture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. In our context of the garment of praise, he wants to steal your praise. He wants to kill your desire to praise God. And he wants to destroy any attempt you have to try to give God glory. I've learned something. You don't have to yield to that rascal. In fact, the Bible says very clear where it says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him room at the table. Come on, shout amen. Hang up a no vacancy sign. We are to mentor individuals around us with a garment of praise. We ought to learn to praise God. One guy told me, well, well uh, uh, I'm introverted. We learned that stuff, introvertism, extrovertism, melancholy, sanguine. We learned that stuff in school. But when you came in this world as a baby, you were not introverted. When you wanted something, you yelled out, come on, shout, mama, come do something. Don't use that as an excuse while I'm not in the world. Come on. I want to tell you, by the grace of God, 
our responsibility is to give God glory wherever we can because God is worthy of our praise. You remember this guy here? Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that, was, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil, stayed away from evil. I love that statement. Job had seven sons, three daughters, 5,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, five yoke of oxen, five, my God, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household so that this man, Job, was the greatest of all the people of these. But look what happened to Job. He lost it all, lost everything. He could have shut his world on, given up. But the scripture says in verse 20, then Job rose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, <laughs> Brother Perry might like that part where he says shaved his head. <laughs> We're in good company, buddy. <laughs> he shaved his head, fell down on the ground, and what did he do? He worshiped God, lost everything, and he's worshiping God. What am I supposed to do when I lose everything? Worship God. I wish my, 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 my uh, oncologist nurse was here. She got saved. She joined our church. Come on, shawty man. God is good, isn't he? Look what Job said. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. Thither the Lord gave didn't give the devil credit for nothing. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. This word, Lord, being the self-existent one, the eternal God, he gave God glory. He did not sin, and he did not charge God foolishly. Something go wrong, we get mad at God. What? What's wrong with us? Help me, Lord, to worship you at all times and to give you praise. Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Church, the darker it gets, the brighter we should shine. Help him clap. Everybody give the Lord a great big hand clap. Let me give you a little tidbit. You want to have a revelation? Can I get a revelation? Go to Crest, Walmart, or wherever you shop at, and go to the detergent aisle. I went to the detergent aisle at Walmart. Listen to this. When I walked over there, I looked over and I saw the word joy. Hallelujah. I said, man, I, I got to give God praise. I, there's joy. joy. Glory is a reminder. Oh, you think that's something? <laughs> I went down a little further. 
Hallelujah. And I saw this one say, shout. You don't have to take my word for it. Go shopping. I said, man, you can go to, the, go to the grocery store, man, and have a revival. Come on, shout. God, some people say, well, Pastor T, I'm old. I'm 72 years old, going on 73. Come on, shout. Well, he's just trying to wind me down. God's not trying to wind you down. God's trying to wind you up to get up and do something for him. Come on, Christ legacy. Bless God. Our best days are not behind us. They're in front of us. Come on, shout amen. You and I have to have on the garment of praise. There are five Hebrew words for the word praise in the Old Testament. And these words are not passive. Meaning, you know, they, they, they have energy. They have, have forward movement. They have, they have action. One word is the word yada. It means to lift your hands. Another word is halal. It means to brag or magnify how good God is. Another word is the word shabak. It means to address in a loud, oh, I like that, <laughs> loud tone and to shout. Well, Pastor, say, wait a minute. You mean to say, we, I'm not saying be disrespectful. If you're at the hospital and there's a section that says quiet zone, shut up. Okay. When you get your moment, come on, shout man. Speaking of hospitals, <laughs> they allowed me to pray for the patients in the hospital, not by going in their room, but by walking the hall and whispering a prayer over each patient. I turned the corner to the right at OU Hospital. I looked out the window, and there, they were, they were, the coroner was pushing a dead body inside the coroner's wagon. And I heard a voice in my head say, that's going to be you. <laughs> I knew who that was. Somebody asked the question, well, Pastor T, how you know when the devil is talking or lying? I said, every time he talks. So I said, I'm looking out the wrong window. I went over there, come on, shout. Well, the sun was shining. <laughs> Another word is the word. Barak, and it means to kneel down. To heal, it means to sing a song. See, praise is something that you do. Let me say it again. Praise is something that you do. <laughs> praise is not for spectators, but for participators. Amen. I can't let the radio do my praise. I can't let some singer do my praise. I got to get involved myself. I got to praise God for myself. I got to glorify God for myself. <laughs> Jesus said, come unto me all you that live in heaven laden. Come on, shout amen. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. You don't have to care. Give it to God. Is there a level of responsibility we have to have? Yes. But for the bulk of that thing, you got to put it in God's hand for the outcome. Watch this. I was at Southwestern Simmons Garden University, where we went, our alma mater, at Sagu. And I looked at some of the students back in the 70s, 
I mean, ages. I looked at them and oh, when you get my age, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep notes. <laughs> and everybody, I say everybody, most of them are walking around kind of somber looking, sad looking, weighed down looking, you know what I mean? And, and I, I said, what's wrong? They said, oh, I have a burden. And I said, if everybody got a burden, what's wrong with me? I'm here smiling that God saved my soul and filled the Holy Ghost. I'm happy about it. And so I said, Lord, help me to be like them. And after a couple of days, I said, I don't want that. Come on, shall. Man, God, God, God has done too much for me to walk around my head hung down. Come on, shout. For 72, 72 years, for, for the bulk of my, my life, I've been in ministry for 50 years. I, I praise God because he's worthy of my praise. I shout because he's worthy of my praise. Does it make some people aggravated? It does. Nothing I can do with that. Come on, shout. I'm going to praise God. Amen. John said, well, Jesus in the book of John said, if I be lifted up, I'm going to draw him in unto me. If I lift up Jesus, if I give him praise and honor and glory, if I magnify his name, people are going to be drawn to him. But if I walk around my head down, why in the world I'm walking around with a sad face and, and as if my world is coming to an end, why would somebody want that stuff? The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the difference maker for the freedom of praise. We need the anointing to praise God. We need the anointing to preach the gospel, bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, open up prison to those that are bound. For Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, man. You don't have to go to Congress, get a vote on it. My God just accepted I got the Spirit of God in my soul. I am free to praise God. Look, not just, not just, not just at church, at your job, at home, playing golf. Come on, shout amen. Amen. I remember when I worked for McDonald's multiple years ago, they said, Theodore, you cannot win people to Christ on this job. You cannot preach on this job. I said, sir, I will not do that because I'm working at this job. But what I tell you what, you can't stop me from living it. I'm gonna still let the light shine, come on, shout. <laughs> A lot of people, the Lord has set him free. The prison door has been swung wide open, but they're still sitting there on the bunk. Ah, it's time to come out, come on, shout. God has given you the garment of praise. God has given you the opportunity to praise him. My God, take that opportunity. Give him the glory he deserves. I remember the story of one brother what happened was he was on the back row of the church and he couldn't speak, but he had a box of matches. And every time the preacher would get wound up, he'd strike a match, hold it up. I went by him, 
blew the match out. He did it several times. And then they finally told him, sir, you can't do that in here. You're going to set the place on fire. And one dear sister said, sir, he's not trying to burn the building now. He's trying to tell the preacher that he feels the fire burning. When you feel a fire of the Holy Ghost burning in your soul, you can't but help but praise God no matter where you are because you're not ashamed of the gospel. Praise the Lord. It's good to sing praises to God. You know that? Praise is comely too. I look up the word comely means beautiful. It's appropriate. It's good. It's proper to praise God. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show my salvation or the salvation of God. Look at Psalms 22, 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits, lives and dwells in. The Hebrew word literally means that God pulls up a chair and sits down as you praise him. He wants to hear it. He loves it. It's part of what we should do toward our God. I made my mind up a long time ago. I'm going to give him the glory he deserves. I looked at six years, five years in a military stockade. And I said, God, if you get me out of this, I promise you I'm going straight. Oh, I can tell you about cocaine. I can tell you about morphine. I can tell you about acid. I can tell you about Acapulco gold, Chinese weed. I can tell you about dope. Larry Robinson, Dave Dancourt invited me to go to a prayer meeting. It's called a coffee house on the, on the military base. I gave him some expletives. I cussed him out. Sad. But I thought about my mom. I said, when she hears that I'm in jail, it's going to break her heart. That broke my heart that her heart was going to be broken. So I went over to that coffee house. I sat down and Larry said, would you like to go in the back room to pray? I looked at him and I said, I know what you guys want to do. This is in the 70s. I said, you two white brothers want to take me back there and beat me up. But you know what we were taught? If you're going to get beat up, at least get the first lick in. You remember that? I went in that back room. I had my mind made up. I'm going to choke Larry, uh, uh, got Larry and Dave. I'm going to punch him in the mouth. And I said to myself like this, but again, my heart broke. And while I was in that room, all of a sudden, I didn't know it, but I know now, the presence of God came into that room. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I began to speak in tongues. I began to cry like a baby. I got on my knees and couldn't stop crying, but the more I cried, the better I felt. Come on, shout man. And then I heard a voice in my ear said, now get up and go. When I got to that military tribunal, <laughs> Pastor Perryman, when I got to that military tribunal, Captain Dykes was a key witness. He was losing his understanding of the, of the issues and his, the first lieutenant tried to get him back on point. He couldn't get him back on point. The full board colonel told me, sir, stand up, come to attention. He said, get out of here. God kept his word.
And I said, God, from here on out, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to glorify your name. When I got back to my community filled with the Holy Spirit, my senior pastor, Reverend George Johnson, he didn't want nothing to do with me because I was a tongue talking. He said, that's nothing but the devil. But I want to tell you from that point on, we preached the gospel on the street. For God's sake, we built the church, planted the church, planted another church. God was a missionary for five years. God did it. That's why I praise him. Some people look at me like I'm odd. No, I'm a glorified God. Man, he's done too much for me. John 16, 33. It says, I've told you all of this, that you may have peace in me, Christ says. Here on earth, in this world you live in, you're going to have trials and sorrows or tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer or comfort. I've overcome the world. Church, trouble's going to come. But we don't shut our praise down because trouble comes. My God, we praise him more. I like what this one lady said when I was reading Merlin Carruthers' book, Prisoner of Praise. Lady said, her husband looked at her and said, if you walk out that door to go to church because you want to go to church, he said, I'll blow your brains out. She looked at her husband and said, I'm going to church. If I walk out that door and you blow my brains out, I'm going to heaven. But if you don't, I'm going to church. Come on, shout amen. Man, what an attitude. I said, man, it's time for us, man, to get, get a Holy Ghost attitude. I'm, I'm not going to be passive. I'm going I'm I'm to be aggressive and praising and blessing and glorifying God. I've learned if you let the devil walk on you, he'll stomping you with, with golf shoes, with the spikes, you know what I mean? Psalm 23, 5, quickly. It says that God will prepare a table for you and I in the presence of our enemies. When you know that there's a promise like that, you don't mind shouting and praise God. No matter who's coming against you, God's going to prepare a table there. Look what it says in Isaiah 61, verse 3. He came to anoint, appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. <laughs> the oil of mourning for the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. He gives us the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God gives us something. God helps us to praise and magnify him. God knew and God knows every day is not going to be exactly the way you want it to be. Therefore, he gives us praise garments to bless his name. He helps us out, if you would. You remember this guy, Paul and Silas? Some of you are sitting there saying, when is he going to stop? I keep saying the same thing. Paul and Silas, these brothers were beaten, stripped of their clothing, cast into the inner dungeon of a prison. And while shackled on their feet and God's around them, look what happened in verse 25. While they're under that kind of stress, at midnight, say midnight. For some reason, when you're sick during the day, it's okay. But look like it gets worse at night. Weird, isn't it? But at midnight, shackled, beaten, unclothed, in the dark dungeon of, 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 of a prison, 
didn't have running water either. They didn't have light electricity either. Come on, shout. At midnight, Paul looked at Silas. Silas looked at Paul and said, what you want to do? He said, God, let's sing a song. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My back is sore. My clothes have been taken. I've been beaten, pushed around, humiliated. And you say we're going to sing a song? Yes, let's sing a song. And the Bible said they began to praise God, sing song, bless God. Prisoners heard it. Chains fell off. All of a sudden, it was a glorious moment. It's time to turn it around. It's time to let it stop letting the devil push us in the corner. It's time to give God the praise he deserves. When you begin to praise God and bless God, especially at midnight, you're going to find God going to do something miraculous. Here's some reasons to praise God. One, his loving kindness is better than life. Two, his mercies endure forever. Three, his compassions don't fail. Wow. But as a matter of fact, they're new every morning. Come on, shout. Four, great is his faithfulness. <laughs> oh, by the way, he casts our sins behind his back. If you don't have a reason to praise God, grab one of these. God, I praise you. It looks bad, it feels bad, but I praise you. Lord have mercy. So now we know we have some reasons to praise God. I say this, I say praise is indestructible. Watch this. A tornado can't destroy it. A hurricane can't move it. A tsunami can't wash it away. Fire can't burn it up. An earthquake can't shake it. Time can't outlive it. Winter can't freeze it. Summer can't scorch it. Heaven demands it. We must do it. And watch this. And the devil can't stop it. Come on, shout somebody. Has anyone done a study on spiders? Just say no, no. Okay. I, I was curious. How can a spider weave a sticky web and not get stuck? The ponder is it. So I kept researching and I found this out. The reason that a spider does not get stuck on a sticky web it wove is because there's oil that began to flow down his legs, which causes it not to get stuck on a sticky web. I said, God, you gave us the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. I said, God, help us to realize that if you have the joy of God and the praise of God on your lips, uh, it's an oil that will come on your spirit, on your soul, that when you walk through this world, uh, you won't get stuck on stuff that you shouldn't be stuck on in the first place. Lord, help me, Jesus. Here we go. Psalm 34.3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. His name together. When I was growing up in Louisiana, 
we were, how many people say dirt bowl? <laughs> we barely had dirt. <laughs> what happened is that we didn't have running water to the house. We had to go to the river and get our water. We did not have electricity going to our home either. We had what's called a kerosene lamp. You might remember those? That's, that's way back there. You might see that cracker barrel, kerosene lamp. Yeah. And what we had to do periodically, we had to trim the wick. Because if you don't trim the wick, it's just going to smoke. And that's the way some Christians are today. They're just blowing smoke. But this morning, we need to trim the wick. <laughs> Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon us again, amen. So we can praise God like he deserves to be praised and magnify them wherever we go, man. Trim the wick. <laughs> it's your will. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. He says, for your shame, you shall have double. For the confusion you experience, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be upon them. What am I saying to you? I'm saying God's going to bless you two times. The devil messed with you one time, God's going to bless you twice. Come on, shout. God's going to double it up. Oh, here it comes. My wife and I were at the hospital with our daughter. She had a problem with asthmatic asthma. And I was with her at her side. We were alternating. And what happened is that when my wife came, I came down and I went to look for my van and I couldn't find it. I went back up and I said, honey, did you move my van? She said, no, T, I didn't move your van. And I realized someone had stole the van. I said, Lord, this is a mess. Here you are, your, your daughter's in the hospital and she's hurting and somebody steal your vehicle. I could have said, oh, woe is me. But I said, devil, you're a liar. Come on, shout somebody. Amen. I borrowed someone's vehicle. I rode around the project looking for my van. Lo and behold, I saw it sticking out from behind somebody's house. Come on, shout. I parked that vehicle over next to a tree, and I did my military stuff. I got stealthy. I got in that yard. Come on, shout. Got in that van, and I stole it back. What am I trying to tell you? I took back what the devil stole from me. Some of you need to go and get your praise back. When you first got saved, nobody could shut you up or set you down. But since you've been saved, all you know how to do is set on your blessed assurance. It's time to get up and say, God, by your grace and mercy, give me the garment of praise again. I want to magnify your name. God will give you double. Oh, yes, he will. It says this in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 18. i close with this. For the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot celebrate you. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for the truth. The living, say the living, the living, he shall praise you as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known your truth. 
The living going to praise God. You are alive. The psalmist said it very clearly. Let everything, absolutely everything that had breath, let them praise God. You're alive. You ought to give God glory. You're alive. You ought to magnify his name. You're alive. You ought to say, God, I worship you. You're alive. You say, God, I thank you. God, I bless you. God, I thank you for the day and I thank you for my life, my family. God, I praise you. You, God, are worthy for all my praise. If you don't mind, would you stand with me, would you please? If you don't mind. It's sad, but it's true. That a lot of us come to church and it's a routine. Nothing wrong with routine. But I mean, we, we do it and we say, well, uh, that's a check off of my list. I'm done with that today. The church, we would have praised God. Would have come with expectancy and anticipation of worship and blessing his name because he's worthy. But the sad thing is that some, some Christians, some Christians have lost their praise. They may squeeze out something every now and then, but, but for some reason, we're not praising him like we should. Some reason we, we gotta hold back. I'm not saying you gotta be like me, but I'm saying shucks, you ought to be more like him. If you, if you look at the word where it says Jesus rejoiced, you know what it means? He jumped up and down. He had a good time worshiping and blessing God. He was excited about that. We get more excitement out of Christians. Oh my God, hallelujah. You take them to a football game, you can't shut them up. Lord, have mercy if their team score a touchdown. I went to a basketball game with some Christians. I said, Lord, where did they come from? They go to church and just shut up. What do I? He deserves praise, man. So if you don't mind, with your outside voice, would you praise God with me? Come on, bless his name. God, I pray. Come on, push it out, push it out, push it out. God, I praise you. God, I glorify you. God, you're working, I don't see it. You're working, I don't feel it, but you're working. Glory to God.